Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the New York 20, where the Jets beat the Patriots, the Giants finally don't suck, and Tom hates the World Series, so we had to shut it off. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> that's awful. Let's not go there yet. Let's start positive. Yeah, alright, fine. Fair enough. We decided we're only going to record after the Jets win, uh, which which might be difficult in the future, but for right now, it's working out really well for us. Yeah, we're going to start right there, right, with the uh, yeah the Jets win, the big Jets win over the Pats. Listen, it was uh, it was a great game. I mean, yeah. as a Jeff fan, it was a great game, and uh, what are your thoughts on it, Tom? I mean, you know, first things first, obviously, you start with the quarterback play. That's always the big question with the Jets is how is Geno Smith playing, mm-hmm. and uh, he made his big mistake in this game. Uh, he kept it to one mistake. One interception, return for a touchdown. And it Tom was Brady, bad. It was it was bad. He it stared down David Nelson the whole time. Bad play. one. You've seen it by now. It was, it was looking at one receiver the whole way through, and it happens. It was funny to hear his response to that, just as a little tangent. He was mm-hmm. like, uh, somebody brought it up to him, I think, in the media, uh, within like a radio interview or something like that. And uh, Smith was very like, no, I'm not like that. I'm not going to stare down one receiver. I'm, I'm better than that. And this, you know, he, he got a little defensive, which was interesting. But that's nice. It's nice to see that fire from him. Yeah, he's got which that we've been talking like, about. No, I, 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 the attitude, you know, which is good in a lot of ways for a quarterback. Absolutely. But you were you were saying so he made that one mistake. But beyond that, he made two amazing plays with his legs. The third and fourteen conversion and the touchdown play were both huge plays in this game. Absolutely, and you know he showed he showed progress again. He showed a step in the right direction after that Pittsburgh game. I think they put the clamps on him a little bit too much. You know, following the Atlanta game, the Dick LeBeau defense is really good. The Pittsburgh defense was notorious for you know causing problems for rookie quarterbacks. Very true. You have Troy Polamalu, so they they reined him in a little bit to his detriment to the point where they couldn't put any points on the board. They opened it up again. They had a good running game up the middle. Ivory went for over 100 yards, which is big. The team was over yeah, 170. Yeah, he ran, he ran tough. He yeah. ran really, really tough. So, you know, looking at that, I think there were a lot of positives. Now, you're going to go and play a much tougher defense, I think, this weekend, going on the road to play Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes. But, again, a step in the right direction for Smith. I don't think we can anoint him as a Pro Bowl, you know, franchise quarterback yet. But he doesn't look like a scrub yet either. And I thought, you know, by now you could start to see some chinks in the armor, and he looks okay. Yeah, I would say so. I, I think this is this would would have been enough time for the bloom to be off the rose. Right. I think you know you get a guy you know in the second round that a lot of teams pass on. You know you you kind of give him the job by default. You know with the Sanchez injury and he's not ready to play. And I think if he was truly not a, a talent, you know, or uh, I think that now would be a time where you we kind of kind of whiffed on this one. And not for nothing, and he's got some quality wins under his belt. Quality know? wins. And, and you know, they say it, everybody says in the media all the time that he can make all the throws. And mm-hmm. he can. You've seen that. You know, you've seen him make some rookie mistakes, which he is a rookie, so fine. Yeah. But you've also seen him at times be very decisive mm-hmm. and be able to step up in the pocket, be able to know when to tuck it down and run with the ball. And, you know, when he's got to make that, that deep out throw yeah. that, that a lot of... Uh, Experts use as like the barometer for like how good a quarterback's arm is in the league. You know he can make it. He gets it there. So yeah. you know, listen, Gino so far up and down, but like you said, a lot of quality wins under his belt. And I, listen, I don't think there's anybody happier about it than the two of us. Yeah. So. Ryan called out uh, David Lee, the quarterback's coach, not the basketball player, <laughs> um, talking to him about his ability to scramble with the ball. He was a very big wildcat proponent. Sort of brought it to the NFL. And I think that's a huge key in Smith's development because he was never a running quarterback in college. He didn't he no. average like two yards per carry. He didn't run the ball. He was a pocket Absolutely. passer. Mm-hmm. And you can see that element starting to develop in his game. And that's going to be huge. The way the NFL is evolving, that's a huge thing for the quarterback. 
can't touch the quarterback anymore, all these things to protect that position makes that running ability all the more valuable. Right, unless you're Michael Vick and you just refuse to use any of those rules to your advantage and you're like, hey, I'm going to run right at this linebacker, you know, throw caution to the wind and hopefully he'll hit me as hard as he can in the face, Yeah, but it'll be fine because I did nothing to protect myself. (laughs) He really is. like He plays like he's in a video game. He does play like he's in a video game uh, on both sides of it, like, you know, for better and for worse. I mean, listen, the guy can make some amazing plays, but... He's never healthy because he doesn't slide. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look to get out of bounds most of the time. You know, and he's always looking to make that extra move, which you've got to respect because he, he plays the game, you know, balls to the walls. It's like yeah. Griffey Jr., yeah. you know, with the playing playing center he's field all those years. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, listen, it is what it is. If you've got the ability and you're like, I'm better than this guy and I'm going to make it happen, but you got to know, I got to, you know, I got to go down on this one. Yeah. I got to brace for the hit rather than try to juke away from these two linebackers that are just going to smash me in the yeah. middle. You know, I, I I know a total tangent, but, uh, you know. No, it's true, and that that's the side of it where he doesn't come from. You know, Vic has always been like that. Vic has been a scrambling quarterback in mm-hmm. college. He would go and just take off for Virginia Tech. Right. Uh, Geno Smith was a, a passer. He's a guy who sits in the pocket and throws the ball with his big arm and also happens to be a really good athlete. Right. And it's, you can learn the one but not the other at this stage of the game. Exactly. Know? Tim Tebow was that way, but he learned, He didn't learn how to throw the ball, you know. Right. Smith, Some mechanical issues, obviously, yeah. and not the same kind of God-given arm. I have you to have to go there, right? I got to do it every time we have Tebow. I got to throw, throw it out there. It's his yeah. guy. There's also, <laughs> on the side, uh, the Jaguars game, there was a big airplane with a sign behind it with Tebow time question mark that flew over the game at Jacksonville. <laughs> I mean, why not? I didn't right? see that because the Jacksonville games aren't on TV. So. Yeah. yeah, they're not allowed to be. No. Not from blackout rules. Just the NFL doesn't want that. They better move them to London. They yeah. really, I know we talked about it a little bit. London this week coming up, uh, I think. Yeah, and they're playing in London. I, I saw something on uh, Twitter today where I think they're going to play the Cowboys, looks like, in yeah. London next year. Yeah. So. They might as uh, well. Whatever. Shoot them I, over there. <laughs> Maybe they can play soccer better than they can play football. <laughs> Blake Gabbert kind of looks like a soccer player. Yeah, I think so. he's out, too. Uh, they said Chad Henney's starting this week now. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> if we were doing a sports blog, uh, the podcast in yeah. Jacksonville, it would be, like, the worst thing <laughs> ever. Like, what Like what would be the motivation? Like, do you think there's anybody who's in our shoes that does this in Jacksonville? I don't know. They probably just talk about Tim Tebow all day, right? Right, That's and like, then just, like, cry and try yeah. to watch the games, but they're not on. And then <laughs> yeah. they're like, well, we heard that Jacksonville played bad, but... Yeah, they always do, so whatever. I read a good book yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be like the worst sports podcast ever. Yeah. We're working on it, though. We're really trying to shoot for Jacksonville levels of horribleness. We're doing it. Oh, absolutely. Right now, we're off to a flying start. We're trying to touch that. (laughs) Anything else you want to say about the Jet game? There's a lot of stuff we can delve into. Yeah, there are a few things. Uh, You look at uh, the defense, obviously, was the other big story of the game, right? The Jet defense dominated, especially the third quarter, particularly the second half. Yeah, but they scored uh, 17, 17, 17 unanswered points in the third quarter. Yeah. in the third quarter, yeah. Um, a couple of field goals in the fourth to, from the Patriots to tie it up, but mm-hmm. um, Brady had, like, negative yards in the third quarter. Yeah, and that, which that, is hard to do. It doesn't happen. So the Jets defense has now held Tom Brady under 50% completion twice. Right. 
by all rights, should have beaten him twice. They lost the first game due to rookie mistakes from Smith, the quarterback. Mm -hmm. That defense is is legitimate. You know, that front seven is is as good as any front seven in football. Leads the league in uh, tackles for loss and sacks combined. Okay. Not going anywhere either. Like, that's continuing to happen. Mm -hmm. It's... That's how you build winners in this league right now. Absolutely. Uh, they always say, again, oh, it's one in the trenches, but it is. I mean, yeah. the game, as much as the game has changed, as much as it's a quarterback league and it's a passing league and it's about safety, and, you know, you can you can take those things for what they're worth and say you agree with them or you don't or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a stout line yeah. on either side of the ball, you're going to do some big things because it's, it's always been about protecting your quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's amplified now, but it's always been about keeping them upright and healthy and throwing the ball. It's always been about being able to run the ball. Mm-hmm. And if you can do those two things, you're going to be successful on offense. And if you can stop the run and get to the quarterback on the other yeah. side, like, you know, a, a football is such a complex game, but it's very, 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 very simple in its roots when you break it down to that. So yeah. you look at the Jets strengths over the years on the defense has been the secondary with Revis and with Cromartie and all that. Right. But they never really turned the ball over. And they, they haven't at all this year either. Mm-hmm. But you can see how the defensive line can create turnovers in the fumbles that they've caused. In the, the interception that Brady threw, right. there's a man in, at his back. And he felt that pressure and forced the throw early into Gronkowski. Exactly. And, and led to a pick six. Led to the interception for a touchdown. Those are the kinds Which was of great, too, because it really turned around Geno's pick six. I mean, it kind of, you know, it, it becomes a wash. Yeah. Exactly. It gave him a fresh start. Um, you know, you look at all those types of plays, that's the kind of thing a defensive line can do for you. And the Jets haven't had that under Rex Ryan. And that's really what he wants to be able to do is get to the quarterback <laughs> and hide his coverage. Exactly. And, you know, he's always had those really exotic blitz packages, and he will continue to have that, and he will continue to utilize those things, keep his cornerback on an island. He plays that way. But when you can do it and get to the quarterback without having to rely on the exotic blitzes... Yeah. It really makes your job so much easier when you're calling plays on D. And you said he hasn't had that. And a lot of times when the Jets have come really close to, you know, winning and winning big under Rex Ryan, I think they've fallen short because they haven't had that. You know, they would go up against, you know, superior coaching on offense, like a Belichick. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're playing Peyton Manning that, you know, all he does is pick apart the defense, you know, pre-snap. And it's like... Yeah, you're going to throw some things at him, maybe a couple, Peyton Manning that is, that he's never seen before. You might you might get one or two by him a game, but that's not going to beat him. And if you can't get to him without that, he's going to pick you apart all day. Yeah. So the Jets aren't going to be, they aren't going to go on a run right now and win eight in a row, right? Mm-hmm. They, they have flaws in their team. They right. have flaws in offense in particular. This is a team that's lost to the Steelers, they've lost to the Titans, and they very well could have lost a couple of these other games that they've won. They could have lost week one. We're talking about something completely different. They could have lost this game without the penalty on the field goal. True. Patriots probably go and knock down that, you know, the, the, you know, get the 15 yards they need going the other way and win the game. True. But there are a lot of elements here that are improving. And for the Jets to be in the position they're in now, with the schedule, the tough part of the schedule, getting really to the end of that in the next two weeks, they have a real opportunity to do something. Yeah. To make a splash and make a name for themselves. And, you know, it depends on how the, all these other teams do. But as it stands right now, they're one of two teams that are 4-3, and three and they're tied for the last spot in the playoffs. Right, which is remarkable. Uh, Pick 32nd in the power rankings, yeah. which I know we talked about, but how is that even possible with Jacksonville yeah. being in the league? Yeah. But, Also whatever. Minnesota. You know, we'll talk about oh. the Giants in a minute. I watched that Monday night game. I don't watch a lot of Monday night games unless the Jets are playing. 
I can't imagine a worse team than the Minnesota Vikings. Oh my game. god, yeah. Josh uh, Freeman was worse than any Mark Sanchez game I think I've ever seen before. <laughs> a friend of mine that's uh, a comedian, she's never played uh, fantasy football before, and she texted me, like, leading into, you know, this that week, and she was like, um, you know, do you play and all this stuff, and it was, I, I, I gave her the rundown, and she's like, yeah, she's like, I'm thinking about uh, Josh Freeman against the Giants or Ryan Tannehill. And I was like, first of all, Tannehill, <laughs> yeah. every time. Because Tannehill's a talented dude. Right. I mean, it remains to be seen what he's going to be, yeah. a second-year player and all that. Um, but I was like, it's like Freeman, if he's going to start, at that point it wasn't locked in that he was yeah. starting this week. I was like, how prepared do you expect him to be? One. Two, he's done nothing but regress yeah. since his first year in the league. And, my God, they are awful. Yeah. So I, I haven't talked to her since, but hopefully she listened to me because yeah. they had an awful game. I don't know how good a game Tannehill had either. But Tannehill didn't play so great either, yeah. but, I, I mean, Freeman might have had negative points from a fantasy Maybe she played of them. Maybe she smartened up and took the and just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit my quarterback. I'm just going to roll with this zero this week yeah. and uh, hopefully come out on top. Yeah. <laughs> One other thing I took away from this game that I wanted to mention was uh, the quarterback play from the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. I think right now, I'm going to knock on wood and hope that I'm right, but I think right now we're starting to get to the point that Tom Brady is dipping a little bit. Because there were a significant number of passes that could have been completed and weren't due to the throw. Over the wrong shoulder of his receiver, okay. overthrowing somebody over the middle, things that you never saw from Tom Brady ever. Right, you're talking about... Um, getting the protection, yeah. getting a wide-open look, and, and missing the guy. And missing the guy. Yeah. Something I don't ever remember seeing from him, and this is, uh, and I've read it from a Patriots fan, this is the Dan Marino-ing of Tom Brady, where at a point in his career, Dan Marino just took a little bit of a step back and was not the same elite player. I, I think, honestly, I think we're very much at that point. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe he goes, and he's still going to go and be great. He's still going to make all his, you know, a ton of plays and all that. Right. But there's a chink in the armor now. This is the second time I mentioned it. But there's something there that can be exploited with Tom Brady. I friggin' hope so. Yeah. I mean, it's about damn time. I mean, right. Ryan mentioned it, you know, in the presser mm-hmm. after the game that, uh, you know, as it related to that, that, that weird penalty on that yeah. rule change and everything. And he's like, well, you know what? It feels good to finally get a break. Yep. And as Jeff fans, it would be fantastic to finally get a break. Now, we're not in the business of rooting for people to get hurt or rooting for people to <laughs> go <not>. away. <laughs> we are, but yeah, right. off the record. Not, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, Tom Brady's had a great career. The Patriots have had a phenomenal run. It's been epic. It's been all time in sports, not just the NFL. And I think I speak for Jet fans everywhere when I say enough's a friggin' enough. Yeah. My God. That's it. Yeah. Can we move on? Can, I, can we, you know, like, let let Aaron Rodgers be the guy. Like, you know, he's, he plays on the other side of the country. Yeah. He's not in the division. He's not even in the conference. He does commercials. That, that would be the perfect guy. Yeah. That would be the perfect guy. He can be the next, like, you know, he can be the Tom Brady for the next five years. Somebody yeah. that we just, we don't have to be in the same division with. Yeah. Like, thank God Andrew Luck went to the Colts. My yeah. God. Could you imagine if the situation was reversed and it was Brady that got hurt and they tanked the season and they got Luck? That'd be the worst thing. Oh, ever. my God. That would be so worse. Yeah. So much worse. 
That's my little hope. That's where I'm at right now. I feel like that's the first time I ever remember watching Tom Brady play and be like, he's the problem on a couple of these things. That's true. You know, and, and even the first time they met, there was a little bit of that. And, yeah. and obviously, week two, uh, you could chalk it up to the inexperience of the receivers. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of the announcers during the games have been saying stuff like that. They're like, hey, you know, uh, you remember he, he lost Welker. You know, he hasn't been able to really work with Amendola, and then he's out again, and Gronk's out, and everything, and, and pulling up all these excuses. But it is true. Yeah. You know, a lot of rookie receivers, and you got to get on the same page. So I think there still might be some of that. Yeah. But, like you said, there are some that are just from a pure mechanical standpoint. Yeah. You know, if Tom Brady throws it over the guy's opposite shoulder, you're not sure if the guy wasn't looking the right direction. You know, mm-hmm. Brady's making the safe throw, sideline shoulder, guy's looking inside of the field kind yeah. of thing. But, you know, a guy burns the corner by four steps and Brady overthrows him by another five steps. Yeah. That's not a miscommunication. That's no. just a miss. I period. Think the, the most glaring one was the one Gronkowski ended up trying to one hand and drop over the coverage. There was nobody there. Yeah, that's he true. that ball's touchdown and game over. Game over, yeah. He went, he overthrew him. You know, it was, it was all, it was right there. That's there true. was no reason oh, for I forgot to about that. that. Thank yeah. God he didn't catch that. Yeah. That would have ruined my day. Yeah. It's ruining my night right now. Thinking about what it would have been like if he would have caught it, I feel I like I'm feeling sad a little bit. It's like yeah. it's taking away from the win. They won the game, right? They did. They all right, did. Yeah. all right, yeah. all right, all right. As amazing sure. as that is, for once <laughs> the Jets got a break, beat the Patriots at home, which apparently they can't do. Well, anymore. they haven't beat the Patriots. They were, they were like over the last five or six yeah. going back. Oh, that's was it probably since the playoff game, right? That we we hadn't beaten them, or yeah. that year that we hadn't beaten them, right? You know? That makes sense. Yeah. Listen. You get away with a win against New England. Um, obviously, it's a little sweeter because of the rivalry, yeah. uh, but it's a division win. Yep. Now, uh, the you know the tiebreakers are pretty much evened up right now. Obviously, New England's still a game better than us, so yeah. we're you know a game out of first. But um, head up record is split. Which is the first one, and that's which one is the, the first one ones, that's yeah. big. Uh, right now, the division record stands at two and one apiece, yep. which is. The second biggest thing. Yep. So, you know, now the Jets just got to handle their own business. And like you said, listen, the Jets are not in a position to run off eight wins in a row. They might lose their next two. Yeah. And it's conceivable because the teams that they're going to play on paper are better than them. Yeah. But if they lose their next two, they have to realize that they got to pick it back up. Yep. You know, and, and really finish strong. Because I think that that's what everybody's kind of looking for now. You yeah. know, they were picked last, but... Things change really quick in the NFL season. Things fly by, and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, people want to see, nobody's expecting them to win a Super Bowl, but they want to see the continued progression. You don't want to see them come out, lay two eggs against um, Cincinnati and New Orleans, look awful, go into a bye, have an extra week to prepare for Buffalo, and then come out and lose to Buffalo. You know, they're better than Buffalo right now, and they, they should... They should they should play up to that level, and you want to see the continued progression of the guys on the line, and especially Geno Smith. And I said from day one, you know, the thing that would keep Rex Ryan here is the progression of the defense. Mm-hmm. You know, this season was all about how well does the defense adapt to what Ryan's doing, and it's with flying colors. And the know? guys are playing for him. Yeah. The guys all over the roster are playing Completely for him. Completely bought in. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we, we, I guess we didn't talk about it, uh, the pickup of Josh Cribbs. Yeah. Huge. Big fan. Huge. He didn't do anything spectacular. He did almost break that one kick when he made that, like, circus move jumping off the sideline over that one guy. Yeah. But 
it just it speaks volumes to what it's like to have a dynamic presence back there, which we really haven't had since Leon Washington left. Yeah, I, maybe maybe Brad Smith a bit, but yeah. you know Brad Smith wasn't back there Smith on punts, break so um, Cromartie when he was doing it for a little bit had yeah. the ability to break them. But you're right, no, the Jets haven't had you know they've had reliability because Joe right. McKnight scared them with all his fumbles, right. So they went the opposite way. Exactly. And Curly's the kind of guy, you know, you know he's going to catch the ball. Yeah. Shorthanded. It's kind of like what they had when they had Jim Leonard back right. there. It's like, he's not going to break one, but you know he's going to catch it. He's yeah. not going to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, aside from Cromartie in a big spot, or, you know, um, Brad Smith on, uh, you know, one side of the kicking game, yeah. they haven't had a guy that you could just plug in back there and say, he's going to return kicks, he's going to return punts, and he's going to be a weapon for us. Yeah. And, and it really does change everything. Big plus. Yeah, without without doing anything of significance, you just if you watch the whole game, you saw the nuance and the way he approaches. Like, you know what? I don't care if this ball is, you yeah. know, four or five yards deep in you know in the end zone. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this one out because yeah. I see something. Yeah, and he has that experience to do that. Yep. If, if, when you return as many kicks for touchdowns as he has, you have that ability. Which is like a hundred, right? Yeah. He's got like a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's like 11 or 13 or something. It's a crazy yeah, number. Something double digits. It's, it's actually really impressive. Yeah. One other thing I'll mention, just because I, I had this thought the other day, and I think it's a lot of fun with the Jets to think about. Okay. Antonio Cromartie is due $15 million next season. Okay. 14.98, I think the number is. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers trade with the Jets was for a <laughs> conditional third-round draft pick. Okay. Right? Darrell Reeves is on their roster next season. It is a third-round pick. If the Bucks cut him, it's a fourth-round pick. Now, the Buccaneers are an 0-6 team right now, or 0-7 team, whatever they are. They haven't won a game yet. They might as well be 0-17 because right? they're terrible, yeah. They're going to be really bad. Now, the value of a third-round third pick at the top of the third round versus the value of a fourth-round pick at the top of the fourth round for a team that, for all intents and purposes, is going to be rebuilding might don't have a be quarterback. a team... Maybe saying, you know what, let's just cut Darrell Rivas. We'll cut our losses. It was a first-round pick. We blew it. Let's not cost ourselves another third-round pick. They let him walk. Uh, and Antonio Cromartie's $15 million salary can turn into Darrell Rivas' $16 million salary in a heartbeat. The money you're paying Cromartie can go away. The money you're paying Santonio Holmes will go away. The money you're paying um, Sanchez. Sanchez goes away. You know what? That's that's You haven't brought that up to me yeah. at all I before the other just day. this yeah. moment. And... Listen, it's hard to believe that Tampa would do something like that because of the first-round pick and because Darrell Rivas is in the prime of his career and all of that. But when you look at the money attached to it Mm -hmm. and you look, you know, from the Jets' perspective, when you look at it's non-guaranteed money Mm -hmm. with Tampa so they can cut bait with Rivas at any point, and if they decide they keep him, they do have to pay him a lot of money. Yep. Which is the flip side of it. That's not a ridiculous right? sentiment. Also, there's been that whole thing about, like, you know, is Revis down on Shiano? Everybody's down on Shiano. Yeah. But is Revis down on the way that they're using him? Yeah. And, uh, you know, listen, he he was, he had a golden ticket here. You yeah. know what I mean? He had the keys to the city. Rex Ryan loved him. Yep. Like, I think if Rex Ryan could, he would adopt Darrell <laughs> Revis. That's how much he loved him. Yep. So, like... It, that's that's interesting, man. Right. That that's something to think about, isn't that? That's pretty good. It's 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 not ludicrous. I, right. You know, it, it's I would say it's probably uh, improbable, but it's sure. it's it's not crazy. It really yeah. isn't. It's not. Yeah. I uh, you know, you look at 
you know, obviously you don't then have the Cromartie Rivas tandem they've they've had forever, but you then have a defensive line that they have improving. Right. You have Jarrell Rivas to take out the one player that Cromartie can't really do. Like he'll he'll be good. He'll make plays. Right. He might even make another interception or two than Rivas would because they'll throw to him. But now you have this whole defensive play. Yeah. And if you have a, a below average two or a two minus in, in Milliner or Darren Walls or whoever you want to put over there. Walls has played pretty good. It's not bad, right? Milliner's been terrible. But. Yeah. But maybe he gets better <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. You're in a lot better shape than you are right now, and it's the same money guarantee you're looking at, essentially. With all that money coming off the books. And then if Smith is your quarterback, you still have under, under cost control for a couple more years of, like, nothing. As right. a starting quarterback. Well, that's the value of the second round pick. You yeah. know, finding gold in those later rounds. Yeah. yeah if, if and he, Matt Sims is your backup. Is another, you know, $800,000 quarterback. Right. So the money that you have invested in your most important position yeah. is, you know, two guys you really like, two guys that are young, getting paid nothing. Yeah. And like you said, you can basically flip Cromartie's money into Revis. Yeah. You can reinvest... Santonio's money into another wide receiver if you want to go that route, which I think they probably would sure. have to do. And then you could use Sanchez's money or some of Sanchez's money towards another piece of the secondary, yeah. probably somebody, you know, a safety. Yeah. Uh, that's that's not crazy. pretty sound. Wanted, Can we I call the to, Jets? Can we get the yeah. Jets on the phone? I think we're going to text uh, at least Rex about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're, you're tight with Rex. Yeah. Like that. I talked to him that one time. <laughs> that one time we saw him at that book signing. Coolest. Yeah. Yeah. Most awesome experience, by the way. He was just beaming. He was still kind of heavy set back then, too. He, he was. was very jolly. Yeah. <laughs> he has bright teeth, though. He does. Very he does. He's got, he's got a little Hollywood, you yeah. know, but he always had those big chompers. But yeah. you, you listen, you don't get that big having messed up teeth, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You got yeah. to take care of the, you know, the offensive line. First. Digestion starts <laughs> the offensive line. It's, it, it's one in the trenches, is what yeah. I'm trying to say. <laughs> Um, the less controversial in the game is the Belichick thing, complaining about the penalty and all that. Yes, which he took back, by the way. Did he finally again? He did. For like the fourth time? He did. Yeah. Well, everybody knows Belichick's is, uh, he's, a lot of words that I can't can't say say on the podcast. You really can't. No, he's the worst. Uh, what did he say? Did he say something today? Uh, I think it was yesterday. Yeah. He said that he went back and looked at the tape and reviewed the rule. Yeah. And it was, in fact, a penalty. Yeah, well, that much I saw. He also said that the Jets were doing the same thing, which is not true. And Rex got kind of upset about that. And he was really, like, yeah, he. Uh, uh, from what I understand, there was one play where Copels was swinging around uh, a Wilkerson or somebody in the middle, and he put his arm kind of on uh, on Wilkerson. And as he was doing it, it looked a little bit like a push, mm-hmm. but not nearly to the extent of what was flagged. But what was flagged right. was a two-handed shove in the back. Like, hey, the get over there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you ever talk, or if you ever uh, listen to any offensive lineman talk about it, you know, it's, it's actually a pretty dangerous play. you got 1,200 pounds of body being thrown at your legs right. as you're blocking. Yeah. It's I did hear that. that they, you know, um, thing. they changed that rule. For player safety. Yeah. You know, it was, um, you know, whatever the governing body of, like, the the, the players committee. Not yeah. the union, but, like, yeah, specifically yeah. The, the, the body of players were like, hey, you know, this is something that happens. We know we have that one rule where you can't, like, climb up anybody's back. But this is happening a lot, and yeah. it is very, very, very dangerous. So I can see why that, you know. Yeah. So Belichick went and said something about the Jets doing the same thing, Mm -hmm. and Rex just kind of blew it off today. And he was like, oh, okay, we were doing the same thing. Right. We're moving on. We're playing Cincinnati next week. Yeah. Uh, But 
I can't stand him. No, just, he's I, such a and you know what conniving little. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. that part of it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, what I did hear though was that somebody, the Jets' special teams coach, yeah. may have been responsible for getting that penalty called. Yeah, they said that he had been watching a lot of tape mm-hmm. and noticed that the Patriots had been doing that. Yeah, and he told the officials, "Hey, look out for this." Yeah, now. You know, Ryan, like, they brought it up to Ryan, um, you know, at this, um, whatever, the midweek press conference, yeah. and uh, he didn't explicitly admit it, nor would he, and it's better that he didn't. Right. But um, he kind of said, like, yeah, it's kind of possible, <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of thing. But if that's the case, that is great preparedness yeah. on the part of the coach to notice something like that. And, uh, you know, from what I'm hearing, obviously none of us are on the inside, but um, they're saying that uh, it, it's very, very typical for coaches to point out something like, hey, you know right. what, this guy's holding on every play. Right. And then eventually, like, the flag will come out if they see it, if it's blatant. So, if so, great game planning on the Jets' part. Yeah, yeah, very well done. So, you know, we move on. We'll see, uh, you know, we'll see what happens this week against the Bengals. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jets have a chance to to move over 500 going into the bye with a win in one of the next two weeks. And right. It's a great, great position to be in because the schedule softens up. Yeah, I think... Personally, I think we got to get this one. Yeah, I think Cincy yeah. is the more winnable game. I know Cincy's on the road. Mm-hmm. I know Cincy has improved. I just I never want a part of playing Drew Brees. Yeah, at any point, I, you know, obviously you'd rather play them at the Meadowlands than you would in their building. Yeah, um, and you'd rather play them probably in like December right. when their passing game can be a little neuter. You know, it's probably going to be like fifty degrees when yeah. they play them. I don't think it's going to matter. Sunny, no win. Yeah, I don't think it's going to matter at all. Um, but I, I think that that's, I think since he's the game, well, especially with the defense, the saints have had this year, which has been much improved and Rob Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, we'll see what they do. Uh, anyway, a- after Monday night, I don't know if I ever want to watch another football game ever. Oh my God. That was the single worst football <laughs> game I have ever watched. Period. Yeah. Not, like, no exaggeration. Just th- so there was a, what a punt return touchdown, right? Uh, 900 fumbles. A couple of fumbles. Uh, a bunch of dropped interceptions. How about overthrown passes? I don't ever remember seeing uh, so many passes thrown over the head of a receiver, just untouched. And so atypical. No so atypical of Eli. Oh, my God. I mean, Eli usually throws a, a you know a good deep ball. Yeah. He hits his guys in stride yeah. down the field, and he has been off. I mean, that's how you lead the league in you know interceptions, yeah. which he was going into last week. I don't know if he still is yeah. now, but... Um, Probably, right? Just, Smith, I think, was in second place, and he only threw one. So. Right, but Eli didn't throw any. Yeah. So we're not totally sure on that. We can check. Yeah. Um, but I did see something that I hadn't seen in, I, I don't think, ever. Uh, the return guy, the guy who uh, for the Vikings who broke that big one, uh, the, the punt. Yeah. He also fumbled the kickoff being completely untouched. Yeah. He went to the ground. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I flipped and it on right when that That happened. is apparently the one instance where the ground <laughs> can cause a fumble. Yeah. If you go to the ground voluntarily yeah. and the ball pops out yeah. and you're not touched. If you're not down by contact. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, he dove oh. to give himself up so that he wouldn't take a hit and he fumbled the ball, like, inside his own 15-yard line. Yeah. Oh, just so awful. bad. Awful. So, so bad. Some people were talking about the uh, the game plan from uh, from Minnesota. Uh, Peterson didn't have a lot of touches and all that, but they really couldn't get anything going at all. 
you no. know, you say Peterson didn't get the ball enough and all that. Maybe there's something to it. But when your quarterback can't complete a pass, it doesn't matter. You know, it really doesn't matter. It at doesn't. All. And, uh, you know, listen, if you're the Giants, you, you don't exactly have to be a defensive whiz yeah. to draw up that game plan. I mean, we have the best running back in football yeah. and a quarterback that's been on the team for 13 days. Yeah. Uh, who do we want to beat us? You just stack the box. Which they did. Which they did. And you make Josh Freeman beat you. And, and like we said at the top of the show, not only is Josh Freeman new to the offense. It's a completely different offense that he's ever run in his whole time in Tampa. But he's also probably as broken as he's ever been in his professional career. Yeah. You know, in terms of confidence and, and, and just, uh, you know, all the, the um, what, do you, what do you call it, the intangibles. You know, yeah. like in between the ears kind of stuff. Yeah. That's like, prove you can beat us. Yeah. You know, prove you can beat us, big shot. Like, you know what I mean? We're going to take away your biggest weapon and then let's see what you got. So, you know... I. Great, great play, great play on, on, on the Giants' part to put that plan together, but kind of the easiest plan ever, right? Yeah. And it worked. Yeah, and it worked because of, uh, I think, the Freeman inability as opposed to any of the Giants that's special, right? The Giants... Fair know, point. We're not going to talk, you know, smack about a team that's, oh, you know, one in six or whatever they are, but... They looked really bad in that game and won by default. They were the less bad yes. team on the field on Monday night. They did. They absolutely did look very bad. And I think that that's the biggest thing you have to take away, you know, if you're a Giants fan. Because we talked about it a lot last week about how mathematically the Giants are still in it. And the division is very poor. And even though they were 0-6, there was a chance that they could start to climb out of it. But you didn't look at this game... Uh, in the NFL, a win is a win is a win is right. always a win, and you take them. But when you're 0-6 and you're looking for positive momentum, the only positive, it's a big one because you get the win, you get off the schneid, but the only positive is the win that you said they basically got by default. Yeah. They didn't do anything to go out and earn that win where you're like, wow, look what they did on defense. Look at the stellar play by Eli Manning. You know, he put up 400 yards passing, no picks. Yeah. You know, by all rights, he should have thrown a pick six. Yeah. You know, so there's, if you're a Giants fan and you're looking at them to kind of crawl out of this hole and catch Dallas, did you see anything this week? Because I didn't. Yeah. And Dallas has looked pretty good, you know. That's the other side of it, yeah. Dallas has played a lot better, and they're starting to distance themselves from the pack a little bit in that division. Right, and it is Romo, and it's not December yet, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be to the point where it's not going to matter. Exactly. Know? That's the uh, other thing. Because the rest of that division is not very good, and if, if Dallas is nothing else but beat up on the NFC East, they're going to go and lock that division. Away. Right, yeah, and know? pretty much all Dallas has to do is beat the teams that they should beat. Yeah. And they can kind of walk away at this point. Yeah. You know, the, the Giants had the best opportunity, I think, preseason yeah. to kind of compete with them, least question marks and whatnot. But obviously, that's not how it, that's not how it panned out. So, yeah. Uh, anything else for football? Uh, I mean, we can go around the league, but the, the this whole Giants Vikings thing is really taking the wind yeah. out of my sails yeah. for that one. Honestly, it. it's it's bad. They got to do something about that. That's. It must be like watching the Jaguars, right? If that's a thing. Listen. Like, if the Jaguars played on Monday Night Football, that's what it oh, looks like. Can you imagine the Jaguars playing the Vikings? Yeah. That's oh, crazy. That's bad because, you know, at least, the, at least the Giants have that star power going into it. Yeah. You know, they haven't played well. Eli hasn't played well. But Eli Manning's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. At any point... 
you can flip on a Giants game. Like, this week, you can turn on the Giants game, and he can go for 400 yards, four touchdowns, and no picks, and look like yeah. the Eli Manning of old, and look, oh, my God, this guy, look, look at the way he put this together. There is nobody on either of those other two teams that you're like, oh, God, I can't wait to tune in and watch Josh Freeman, you know, pretend to, like, fumble around with the football and think he knows, like, yeah. oh, it's so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. I did want to say that, um, that uh, they were talking about it a bunch on Monday night, and I could not agree more with the fact that the Vikings, you know, they, they go out and they sign Freeman after he's cut, mm-hmm. and they think that he's potentially, you know, the future there. They have no kind of quarterbacks on their roster, and they want to get him in the fold as quickly as possible, see him as much as possible, kind of audition him as much as possible, right. but I think that they threw him to the Wolves. I mean, yeah. you know, he was less than two weeks. Yeah. He's been on the team. You can't expect him to step in and, and quarterback your team to a victory. And he looked like it. He looked lost. Yeah. And he was all over the place. I think they really did him a disservice. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I guess another thing of a quarterback I didn't mention that something happened uh, this week. David Garrard, uh, back in the fold with the Jets. Right? Yeah, that's Replacing right. Brady Quinn. A um, little interesting, I guess it's more of a mentorship than anything else, sort of the Mark Brunel <laughs> to, you know, Mark Sanchez. I guess so, but how bad does Brady Quinn have to be? <laughs> He's with the Rams now, right? He's signed with yeah, the Rams. Yeah, well... Uh, Is he uh, starting this week, or what's their deal? He right? might be. Brad... Uh, no, you know who I actually think might be starting this week? Kellen Clemens. Yeah. 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 Ex- another ex-Jet quarterback, Kellen Clemens. He was the only other quarterback, I think, on their roster. Yeah. So, um, obviously, they had to bring somebody else in, Bradford, out for the year at the ACL. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, how bad does Brady Quinn have to be? I don't know. They got a guy. He's got a million dollar smile. Yeah, he does. He's a dreamy. He's a dreamy yeah. kind of guy. But it, I mean, they go and get a guy who they signed in the off season, yeah. hadn't played in two years or whatever. Yeah, had bad knee, bad back, like bad no this. Cartilage in his body. Yeah. <laughs> you know what he should do? He should get some from a shark because yeah. they are nothing are they? but cartilage. <laughs> They should work on that, like the yeah. Tommy John surgery of like Hybrid shark. Yeah, yeah. and have, you know, I mean, then there'd be the whole like, you know, do you have a taste for human flesh after yeah. that because you have shark parts? I don't know. Yeah, you if might turn into a linebacker. You might. Maybe There's... that's what happened to Aaron Hernandez. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, <laughs> that's good. In all seriousness, how bad does Brady Quinn have to be? He does look Aaron a little. He a does look shark quality. Too. Yeah, he does look a little sharky in the face. That's yeah. that's that's a fair point. Yeah. But how bad does Brady <laughs> Quinn have to be realistically? Pretty bad. And I remember uh, back when he was drafted, I was desperate for the Jets to get him, and the Jets passed on him and ended up taking this corner out of Pitt named Darrell Rivas. Oh, weird, huh? Yeah. yeah. No, but uh, like, thank God. Yeah. Because he is really, really bad. I mean, even before the whole Garrard thing, the fact that with a rookie quarterback. You'd rather have him be backed up by another rookie quarterback yeah. than a guy who has at least played in the league, yeah. you know, and is, has has just has just been there before. Says speaks volumes. You yeah. know, we talked about it that one week. I guess it was against Tennessee mm-hmm. when uh, Geno looked really bad, and we talked about whether or not it'd be an opportunity to kind of just put in a relief pitcher, right? You know, that game, mm-hmm. and they couldn't really do that because you're going to Sims, and it's like, well, what does that say? Yeah. You know, and maybe if Brady Quinn was dressed that game, that would have been the time to do it. Right. But, you know, if you're not going to dress him for that, like, he's never going to get dressed. Like, yeah. uh, let's let's be honest. And now to cut him in favor of a guy who was retired, then he unretired for you to sign him, and then he couldn't play, so he retired again. But yeah. now he's like, ah, maybe I'll come back. Like, that's... Then he had it for two weeks. It was weird. I don't know. It's don't weird. Know. And, and, and 
he's terrible. Brady Quinn, clearly awful. Like, I he... guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he must be. We'll see. You know, uh, He might be starting by the second half on Sunday for, for St. That's, Louis. So. That's very true. When your options are him and Kellen Clemens, uh, it's, it, it's going to be a short time before he's starting out there. Fair enough. Anything yeah. else you want to touch on in football? No, what else? Broncos lost. Colts is pretty impressive. That's uh, pretty big for the Colts. Big yeah. win. Ursay came out and basically just like threw Peyton under the bus, which is weird. Yeah. Was, Reggie Wayne's out for the year. Reggie Wayne is out for the year. Everybody's out for the year. Everybody's out for the year, yeah. It's it's brutal, man. Yeah. These things, uh, I think uh, Cushing, Brian Cushing, yeah. tore his LCL and broke his leg. Oof. I think in the same leg that he broke last year or something like it's that. Awful. It's uh, The more they try to protect these guys, I feel like the worse it becomes. Yeah. I, I don't know. Obviously, uh, neither one of us go back to, like, the glory days of, like, leather helmets that everybody talks about. We should go back to leather helmets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, nobody will lead with their helmet That's if they're wearing a leather freaking helmet. <laughs> Rugby players are the toughest players you're ever going to see in your life. They don't wear any pads. How about we do that? No pad football. Yeah. That'd be, uh, listen, you know what? I, they, the, the safer they try to make it, like I said, the, the, the worse it gets. Yeah. These guys get hurt all the time. You know, and I know that some of them you can't do anything about these no contact injuries with the ACL. Like they got so much yeah, mileage, and if it's gonna go, it goes. But the other things, it's like you have basically like a four inch square where you can tackle somebody. Yeah. Anything else is a penalty, and yet somehow people are still getting hurt. <laughs> yeah. And they're still getting penalties, and then when the penalties should be enforced, they're not getting the penalties on those. It's like the whole thing is just like. It's a big cluster bleep because yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is just, it's awful. It just seems so bad. And the, the you know, the NFL is the NFL and it's always going to be the powerhouse that it is. But it, it, the, the week in and week out experience is, leaves something to be desired. It really yeah. does. The Thursday night games too is an interesting one because of how poor the quality of the games tends to be. And how much it physically affects the players. Somebody came out the other day and was like, uh, you know, I can't. I can't understand how the NFL can position themselves as trying to take care of the players when, if you play a game on Sunday, you don't feel right until Friday. And right. you're forcing them to play on Thursday. Right. You know? Every week. And yeah, yeah I, that's, that's a very good point. Obviously, neither one of us have ever played, you know, football at any kind of, like, extended competitive level. But it's it's got to be. It's got to be insane. Yeah. And, and it, it really is. And I, I think that it, it's, it hammers home the point of, of that I was just trying to make where, you know, sometimes it feels like the NFL is saying one thing and mm-hmm. doing another thing. Yeah. And they do that on many levels and they just, it's like their wires are just completely crossed. Yeah. But they, they've, they've just stepped in it. They make so much money exactly. that it's, and that's all they have to do is just keep like, they're going to just put games on TV. People are going to watch them. People are going to bet on them. People are going to do all this stuff. They're going to buy the ticket. They're going to do all this stuff. And their pockets are going to get full, and it's That's by okay. accident. You know, <laughs> it's as simple as that, right? They're printing money. Right. Games on Thursday night because they're not allowed legally to play on Friday and Saturday. Right. High school football in, in Texas and all that, and college football on Saturdays, like, legally, they can only play those other nights. Right. So that's why they're doing Thursday. The, the uh, what is it, the uh, breast cancer awareness, very admirable, right? Great, great promotion, of everything. Course. For them to go and find Brandon Marshall for wearing green spikes to raise mental health awareness, which arguably deserves a lot more attention right now with everything that's going on. Shootings and all this stuff. Right. Like, mental health is a very huge issue in the country. Brandon Marshall is somebody that suffered from that with uh, borderline personality disorder and overcover and trying to speak up about it. They find him ten grand for wearing green spikes for that. 
Right. The big pink thing is so... Yeah, uh, yes. but everybody everybody in the league can wear whatever pink they want for the entire month of October. Right. And like you said, we're not we're not dissing uh, not breast cancer way. awareness at all. But the pink stuff is, is like, it's, it's very clearly the NFL trying to sell pink stuff to women, right? That's them. They're making money right. by selling pink jerseys. That's, exactly. That's what it's about. Exactly. No, and, and mm-hmm. you know, you can't do any kind of statement that is, uh, you know, becomes an individual statement. Right. You know, whether it's wearing green spikes for some kind of charity, some yeah. kind of raise awareness, or even, um, uh, oh, God, who was it that uh, passed away a few years ago? Maybe, there's, there's maybe it was Pat Tillman. Sean Taylor might have been. Sean Taylor. It, it yeah. was one of the there tragic cases where, you know, a big-time player had passed away, you know, during his playing career. Um, and a couple of guys on the team did something to honor him, and it violated the uniform dress code, so they wouldn't let them do it for the rest of, like, the duration of yeah. the season. I think this goes back to Pat Tillman because I'm, I'm fairly certain that it was uh, Jake Plummer yeah. leading the charge in Denver. Yep. And it was like, you know, obviously they were teammates in Arizona. Yeah. And they were like, well, this is an Arizona kind of thing. And he was like, oh, he was my friend. Why, like, why does this matter? You know, but then when it comes time to, like, lean on the NFL and America and patriotism, they'll lean on Pat Tillman as heavily as, as they possibly can. Right. But here's a guy who was a teammate and a friend of his who can't wear Pat Tillman's uniform number on a sticker on the back of his helmet. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah. That's that's ridiculous to me. And it's it's everything they can do to make money. It's and look, they're a business. That's their job. That's fine. I get it. But to the point of absurdity is how far they enforce these rules. And it's it, it takes away from the game a little bit. It takes away from the individual aspect of, listen, I was diagnosed with this mental illness, and I want people to know that this is something they can go and get help for. Right. And you're going to go and threaten to not allow me to play until the public pressures you to let him play. Right, where a guy I know got killed in Afghanistan and played in the NFL, and you're going to market him as a hero, but I'm not allowed to honor him. Like it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It's it's ludicrous, and, and a much, much, much smaller scale than that. It goes back to the 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 individualism, like oh, the lack thereof, where people call it like you know the no fun league because yeah. they're not allowed to celebrate. It's like there is no form of expression. It's like yeah. you know they're so worried about what's going to happen if some of these guys. And I get it that there are some bad guys in the NFL, but you know what? The bad guys in the NFL aren't celebrating touchdowns. You know, I think yeah. we talked about this a couple weeks, but like T.O. and Chad Johnson, and Chad Johnson's had his legal trouble since yeah but you know t.o came out and said like i've never been arrested i've never you know driven drunk and punched my wife or any horrific things like that i just you know signed a football with a sharpie and ate some popcorn once and like you know it's like the bad guys are gonna be bad guys they're not gonna celebrate touchdowns they're gonna go drive drunk they're gonna go like you know, Aaron Hernandez is going to be Aaron Hernandez. It's, it doesn't matter if he does a backflip when he scores yeah. a touchdown. It's it's ludicrous to me. It's like they're picking the wrong battles. It's yeah, and it's the tail wagging the dog and the marketing not wanting to have a negative product to promote, and they don't want like it, it's it's a whole bunch. It's a whole mess, right? Let's yeah. Not even get it I don't know even how we got that far that down that rabbit hole, but you know, Bobby every Goodell once in a is while, the problem. Let's. You know, he yeah. had he's had the authority to ban Bill Belichick from football ten times over, and has yet to do it. Which so. he should. You want to talk about bad guys? I yeah. know we talked about this a minute ago, but Bill Belichick is—he's dreadful. Yeah, he is like the easiest guy to hate in any sport 
Yeah, like, but we're approaching Halloween. Clearly, he's part Satan's or Satan, <laughs> right? We know, we all know, Satanism is illegal. That's ever true. Since George Bush was president. That's yeah, true. That. That's, that's Belichick has not cared at all. Where's the federal government? Oh, they got shut down. He's right, like Obamacare well, or something. Well, they're know. back now, so they yeah. should really be cracking gotta, down on Belichick. Yeah. But you know what? That's the problem. The Belichick is going to be there on Sunday on the sidelines, dressed like an eight-year-old, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just <laughs> coaching up the Patriots, and that's. Yeah. With That's nonsense. on the sideline as his playbook. It's, yeah. It's, it's a mess. <laughs> I can't stand Roger Goodell. Let's move on to baseball. Okay. Oh, Get this is... more angry, right? I could not... So, you, you give me the list of teams from the start of the playoffs. Right. The last two teams I'd want to see playing each other are the Cardinals and the Red Sox. That's true. I could, I could agree with that. <clears throat> Obviously, the Red Sox is a Yankee fan. I hate them in every capacity and everything they do and everything that has to do with that town for a lot of the things we just talked about. The Cardinals... A couple of things, right? I'm tired of them. They've been to the World Series a few times now. Right. They've got this whole, oh, we're the Midwest and we're wholesome and adorable and blah, blah, blah. And their payroll is like the third highest in the National League. They're not that adorable. They're not a small market, you know, quote, unquote, like every other team. They're, they pay a lot of money to the players that they have. Yeah. They're like upper mid-market, yeah. if you want to call yeah. it what it is. <laughs> they're not New York and L.A. They're just about right after that. Yeah. Beyond all that. They're now second place in World Series championships. Right. And if they won another one, they'd be almost halfway there to the Yankees. And I don't <laughs> like that. Right? I don't want anybody encroaching on my territory. I need the Yankees to get to 30 before anybody else gets to, like, 12. <laughs> so I don't like the Cardinals even playing in the World Series. But my alternative, right, I don't want them catching us, is the Red Sox, which is even worse, right? I don't need them getting anywhere near us. Right. So it's just, it's a mess of worlds. I don't want anything to do with this. And then, obviously, I'm going to root for the Cardinals when push comes to shove, when the, you know, you know unstoppable force, immovable object thing happens. I'm going to give way and let the Cardinals beat the crap out of the Red Sox, but turn it on for 10 seconds. The Red Sox had bases loaded, nobody out, and hit a three-run double. <laughs> Unless I saw they were 5-0 and we just turned it off. I just checked. It's still 5-0. Uh, bottom fifth. Yeah. yeah. And, we, we were watching the game. Uh, we were trying to be, you know, good sports fans and, and, and good sports podcasters by having the game on, kind of, you know, talk a little bit about it. But I felt like if I kept it on, that Tom might break my TV. Yeah. So I didn't want to go big, there. It's a nice TV. It's Samsung. It's, it's you know, it's got a... a Left side and a right side. And <laughs> That's technical jargon. <laughs> real, slow, real nice. Slow down, Tom. You don't want to lose <laughs> yeah. them out there. Yeah. Uh, no, but I, so I had to shut it off because Tom was uh, oh. Tom was becoming distracted by rage yeah. as to what was going on. Obviously, before we did turn it off, uh, Beltran made a great catch yeah. uh, uh, robbing David Ortiz of what would have been a grand long. slam. <laughs> He did probably puncture a lung. He came out of the game. Yeah. They replaced him with somebody who's not nearly as good as he is, yeah. so they're probably going to lose the series now. The only positive is maybe it brings down his asking price in the offseason for when he does sign with the Yankees, because I'm very much looking forward to him as our DH slash outfielder. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty likely. That yeah. That's uh, right in line with what the, uh, the Adam Wainwright dream. Yeah. Uh, he called it a nightmare, <laughs> but uh, he said a media day before the World Series started that he had a dream that... Uh, the Cardinals lost the World Series and that Beltran signed with the Yankees and in his dream, Beltran was at the media day at next year's <laughs> World Series preparing to go ahead and play that World Series with the Yankees. And he's... Yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> For okay. you, perfect. Yep. One man's dream is another man's nightmare, which is what Adam Wainwright called it. You know what? Adam Wainwright, I have a little bit more sympathy if he didn't give up five runs in the second inning. You know yeah. what? Step up uh, he gave up two and... runs in the second inning. Yeah. He gave up five runs by the second. 
Come on now, like give him seventy-five pitches and two at bats. Yeah, well, they waited nice. him out. Impatient lineup. Uh, nice. you, uh, listen, let's. It would we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about it. I know the series has already started, so we're yeah. a little late on this. And if you use today as a barometer, I think we know where we're both leaning. But you got some picks, got some predictions. Yeah, I mean, for I, I would say coming in, I think the Red Sox are, are by far the better team. Okay. The way the game is being played right now is very offensive, right? Baseball is kind of shifting to the point where if you have a good offense, it, it tends to w- outweigh better pitching, right? Right. I think it's changed because it was for the longest time. Well, great pitching beats great hitting. Now great hitting is so rare compared to the way right. great pitching is. I think the team with the better offense is in a really good spot. And you said it. The Red Sox went through the Detroit Tigers pitching staff, which is probably the best pitching staff in baseball, mm-hmm. like butter. They, right. they, they completely, you know, made nothing of them. Scherzer, uh, Sanchez, and Verlander, and you knock them out. So I think the Cardinals aren't running anybody out there that's going to be overall better than that. Group. Right. Well, Waka looks pretty good, but obviously sure. he's he's unproven, and Wainwright's been there before. But yeah. no, I would tend to agree with you on that. I, I don't know if the if the uh, the pitching has has taken a backseat. I think the pitching will always be the most important. But I think what you said is 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 definitely true that the the great offense is so rare. Yeah. The the this this rarefied air of offensive talent has been you know brought back down to earth because of the lack of steroids. So when you have a guy that's you know healthy Miguel Cabrera, yeah. he means so much more to you because he'll play you know 155 plus games mm-hmm. and he's going to give you you know so much more valuable value than that that ace pitcher would. Mm-hmm. You know ace pitchers still the name of the game, sure. but when you have a lineup that's as deep as the Red Sox lineup is in today's baseball, it's going to be it's going to yeah. be tough to beat. And they use that classic, you know, Yankees Red Sox style lineup, which is high on base, long counts, get into the bullpen early. That's right. how they beat Detroit. Detroit and home run hitting bullpen and hit home runs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I read something it was like uh, uh, the Red Sox, you know, we did all the little things to win that win that series against Detroit. And then somebody's like, "Yeah, and hit grand slams in the 8th inning to win the game." Yeah. You know? It's no, easy it's to true. say they do a little, but you had a you know home run with a couple of guys on base that changes the game as much as you you know yeah sacrifice that's, bunting or whatever other thing. That's you not necessarily about. a little thing, you yeah. know. That's not you know Dave Roberts stealing second base yeah. in a clutch spot. It's like yeah, if you hit the ball four hundred and fifty feet and there's two guys on base, it's yeah. Let's not, not look that. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll see. I mean, look, the Cardinals are a great team, and they've been here before. They, you know, I think a little bit, at least today, in looking at them, they seemed a little overwhelmed by the moment, the atmosphere in I think Boston. So. Um, a couple of young guys who haven't been there before. We'll see how they adjust because that'll change. Look, the series is never over in one day. No. Ninety-six, the Yankees looked as bad as they could at home the first two games against the Braves, and they came back and won four straight. You know, three on the road in Atlanta. You never know. Things also, happen. also very true. Um, the thing about them being in a big spot, the Cardinals, that is, uh, is very interesting. Um, they have six rookie pitchers yeah. on their, um, you know, just throughout their staff. You know, among a lot of the guys. Wainwright is not among them. Yes, Wainwright is All not the among them. You want him to set the tone the right way. Exactly. But, yeah. You want him to come out strong and, and really set the tone. Uh, but they have six rookie pitchers on their staff. And, you know, these are guys who have never pitched in Fenway before, which mm-hmm. cannot be overlooked. Have probably not faced as many lineups as deep as as Boston, if any. Yeah. You know, and, and that's something that's you know, if if some of these guys who are on the field tonight looked lost in the moment, can you imagine you know 
rookie pitcher A out yeah. there, you know, pitching in Fenway yeah. with that crowd, with that energy in the World Series, that's that's going to be pretty tough to overcome, if nothing else. Yeah. If not, you know, the X's and O's and playing the game. Yeah, the Cardinal offense needs to, I mean, if we're going to write this game off, and we haven't been watching, but say the Red Sox take this game one, if you really want to win game two in Fenway, you have to get on them early. You can't give them a lead. You can't give them three runs in the first and expect them, expect your team to bounce back. Right. Get it, get on them early, get a 2 nothing lead or something, just to take the wind out of the sails of the crowd a little bit mm-hmm. and make it a baseball game as opposed to, like, an entertainment, you know, type of thing where it's just a right. circus. Exactly. Exactly. Where the, where the, the Boston crowd will be just, yeah. you know, on their know. feet yeah. and yeah. screaming and taunting and all the stuff that comes with it. And, um, you know, I will say this, too, uh, to the point of, of not letting Boston jump ahead. The Cardinals have a deeper, probably better pitching staff, mm-hmm. but it's not like Boston's running out scrubs out there. I mean, yeah. they got Lester going today, Lackey going tomorrow, who's been resurgent. Yeah. They got PV and Buckholtz. Like, yeah. I mean, they're running out some quality guys. Plus, they probably had the best closer in baseball this year at the end of the game, yeah. closing oh, them no out. Question. So, you know, it's it's not like, yeah. Eh, you know, they, they can hit, but they can't pitch, and they got here, you know, just purely on the strength of their offense, because they didn't, so. Game two is the game I think they have to win. I mean, Lackey's been a lot better, but he's still not, he's beatable. You, right. You can, you can sure. win a game against Lackey. So, if you can take a split from Fenway, you're in good shape. I don't see how, I think maybe they can win game two. I don't think they're winning this series. I, I would agree with you. I think that um, if I had to pick it, um, if, if it would have been before the game started, Mm-hmm. I would have said Boston in six. Yeah. Now that I've seen this, and I know that they're probably going to have a game in hand, I will amend it a little bit to fit. I would say Boston in five. Yeah. yeah. So, fingers crossed. Hopefully, we went and put a nice little hex on the red side. <laughs> Which I don't care you. either way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, honestly... I you don't really like the Cardinals as a Mets fan. I was right? going to say, you know, I... And it would I, suck, I guess, to watch Beltran win a World Series with Adam Wainwright. Like, wouldn't that be? Yeah, like... it, it's it's kind of it's kind of that way. If I had to pick, you know, foot to the fire, I would say I I, I would root for Boston in this series for obvious reasons. For everything yeah. you just mentioned, um, I feel badly for you. Yeah. I don't feel badly for the Yankees and their <laughs> all nonsense. You're my friend, so yeah. you know I don't want to see you suffer for the next week and a half. Although yeah. if Boston makes short work of them, maybe it'll be like the next <laughs> five days. You know the thing I want to see. <laughs> They've won eight games in a row, probably nine after today. I want that winning streak thing. They did sweep, sweep the last two World, World Series. Series. Yeah, I remember the Yankees did like uh, ten in a row. I think between you know ninety six, the last four games of that series, uh, ninety eight they won four straight, ninety nine they won four straight. So maybe it was like twelve in a row or something right. like that. Right, right, right. I don't want the Red Sox approaching that either. That's yeah. something else. Like Cardinals win a game. All right, win tomorrow. So <laughs> show some respectability yeah. for God's sakes. The Cardinals also can't play defense yeah. at all. Yeah, like for a team to get all the way to the World Series, and they have done a lot of good things this year. They mm-hmm. can pitch. They can hit. They've hit clutch, especially Alan Craig, who came back tonight after missing about a month and a half. Yeah. Um. But they play awful defense. They got yeah. a lot of butchers out there, and that might be the difference too. And you know, Fenway's a tough place to play, especially in the outfield. You know, it's quirky. It's mm-hmm. got its things. And we saw on the double uh, that Napoli hit in the first inning. Yeah. Listen, David Ortiz is on first base. Not exactly a burner, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and and uh, Napoli shoots the gap in and left there was center. Only one out. It wasn't like there were two outs. They were getting a jump at the crack of the bat. Exactly. There was only one out, and you know, Napoli shoots the gap in left center. 
and you know the ball caroms off the monster and pretty straightforward but the yeah. center fielder kind of boxed it around a little bit he didn't you know he picked it up and dropped it and that allowed Ortiz to score yeah. you know he fields that cleanly and that's not even that's not even a Fenway quirk yeah. that was just the ball off the wall yeah yeah and and you know not playing it not playing it smooth so that's something you got to watch for and I just I don't give the Cardinals much of a chance, and I, I guess I kind of want to see the Red Sox win if I had to pick Ugh. one of the two. Yeah, I know I know we're on good. opposite sides on this one, but yeah. it is what it is. It's just no good. Boston doing anything good is never good. So. <laughs> <sighs> I've been getting like text messages from people or Red Sox. It's just, I don't want to deal with it. What would you say? Um, what would you say picks wise if you had to pick a number of games? Uh, I'll, mm, five. Yeah, yeah, five I also. Five, five sounds right. Okay. I think the Red, the, the Cardinals might win uh, with Waka on the mound or Naka or whatever his name is. Waka Waka. <laughs> waka, waka, waka. The guy who throws really fast. That yeah, guy. Waka Flocka Flame. Yeah, that <laughs> that's who it is. Um, let's 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 pull this one out of nowhere because uh, like you know people always talk about this stuff. I don't care about it. You probably don't either. But I'm going to bring it up. Uh-huh. World Series MVP. Um. Ugh. Based upon what I think about this, probably Ortiz, right? He'll just do something stupid. Just, <laughs> I, I don't care. Do you I, notice how the energy uh, uh, has been sapped from the room because Tom hates talking about this, which is why I just keep, like, thinking of things to talk about that pertain to the <laughs> World Series so I can just hear. He's, like, just, he's rubbing his eyes. He's like, ah, oh, this, I, I don't know, David Ortiz because I hate David Ortiz. Yeah. And he's probably going to do something fantastic because I hate him and he's a piece of crap. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the positive of David Ortiz winning the World Series MVP would be that I can discredit it with his whole steroid use. That's he's true. Rampant the last five years, you know? <laughs> yeah, including his whole career, but especially since he's gotten his act back together because he was about to be released. He was batting like one ten at the beginning of the season. They brought him back. He's like, oh, we'll just keep running him out there. He'll be fine. And then all of a sudden, he took his like Super Mario mushroom and is hitting yeah. forty home runs a year again somehow. Yeah, this guy he was implicated with steroids for some reason. Everybody let it go. He said, I'm going to get to the bottom of this and find the real killer like OJ. And <laughs> never did anything about it. He never it. did. No, no one really followed up on that. No, nah, he never no, did. it just turns out he's a really good baseball player again somehow. Let's just let it go because he laughs. And, you know, he made a curse word after, you know, in the, in the, on the radio. That was great. I'm sick of David Ortiz. Right? I will say this Somebody about... drill him in the ear. I'm tired of it. <laughs> oh, he's so funny. No, hit him. All right? Enough. Let, stop letting him crowd over the plate and hit everything over the friggin' monster. <laughs> Take away the inside part of the plate for somebody, somebody, ever. <laughs> I heard somebody on the radio a couple of years ago mention something about David Ortiz. Uh, they said that he digs in to the he digs into the batter's box like he's playing soap and softball. <laughs> he does. It's insane. How is nobody ever? Nobody. Yeah, he's not. He, him up and he does not have a fear at all when no. he steps in the box. How about I don't know who somebody throws hard. On any team, anywhere, that's ever played David Ortiz. Matt Justin Arden. Verlander. Right? <laughs> Justin Verlander just played him in this last series. How about a 100-mile-an-hour fastball every at-bat under his chin? Yeah. And then see what he does the rest of the series. That's true. That's that's uh, that's fair. Oh, <laughs> All right, let's... So much. Well, while, while we have this energy up, oh. want to do something that's, uh I thought of uh, a couple days All ago. Right. <laughs> since, since you're just spewing hatred. Yeah. There are a lot of buzzwords in sports. There have always been. Yeah. But there are more probably now than there ever have been because yeah. of Twitter and because of shorthand. It's the LOLs of the world. It's naming everything. Okay. What would be 
your least favorite sports, you know, terminology. And I'm not talking about, like, you know, OPS. That's a legitimate stat. You know, I'm not talking about how people are like, well, quarterback rating is weird. Yeah. No, that's a stat. Whether it means something or not is fine. I'm talking about just a reference that somebody makes uh, along the lines of, like, pick six kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? So... I, don't, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me uh, is probably intangibles. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I said that before. <laughs> All I ever think of is, oh, he's got great intangibles and this and that. And it's just a cop-out, right? Specifically, what does he do? Oh, he's a great leader. He's a, he's a you know, he, well, he's got that ability to just kind of do the right thing in the right moment. You know, he's got that intangible quality. Like, no, everything is... Everything is tangible, right? You can come up with a specific phrase to describe the thing you're trying to say. You're just being lazy and calling it intangible. It's like, no, he knows how to motivate a locker room because he, he gives really good speeches and connects with his teammates. That's not intangible. That's being able to relate to your teammates. That's very tangible. Yeah, that, that seems like a very, like a very a cut and dry thing. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's great. That's really... Or he's, you know, uh, this is intangible. You know, he's really... You know, he's clutch. It's like, well, then he hits good in big moments. You know, right. he's a really good player in October. He's 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 clutch. That's not an intangible Right, or because he hits really well with two strikes or yeah. with a runner on third in less yeah. than two outs. He hit the ball the other way and threw the hole in a hit and run, you know, with with first and third or whatever. Right. He can do that, right? Less That's than two thing. minutes down by four points. He can lead his team to score a touchdown. Yeah. You know, he's cool under pressure and, you know, makes the right decision when there's pre- like when they're blitzing. It's not crazy, right? It's not, oh, well, he's just, it's intangible. I hate laziness when it comes to the media. <laughs> okay. That's, that's a good one. That's, I don't know. That's, I guess, where I would go. That's a pretty, that's a pretty solid one. Yeah. Um, mine would have to be bracketology <laughs> <laughs> because I'm so tired of people relating everything to, like, this epic science. Like, it's not a science, okay? It is a watered-down competition set up by a governing body that really has a blindfold on, okay? And the fact that you can have, you know, the 15-year-old, like, niece of your best friend fill out a bracket based on the fact that she likes some team's colors and some team's mascots or team names better and she'll win the whole friggin' thing (laughs) proves that there is no science behind bracketology, okay? It is not geology, it is not, it is not any kind of actual study of anything and stop trying to pawn it off as though it is. It's nonsense. It's fair. It's the pseudo-intellectual era we found ourselves in where People want to make them sound, make themselves sound smarter than they really are. Oh, it's so bad. That's why, like, I don't get down on people when they're like, "Oh, you know, it's 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 the it's the sabermetrics, it's it's the Bill James, sure. you know, version of baseball." And you know, what, whether people do it too little or too much, that's up for debate. But there are actual stats. There is math yeah. that goes into that. That's why, like, I don't like the quarterback rating. But there's math. Yeah, there's something. There's a formula. There's a mathematical formula that was probably worked out by somebody a lot smarter than the two of us on an old style chalkboard, and he was all dusty when it was done. (laughs) Like this, this is ridiculous. There's no bracketology, and to that end, it's not really a phrase. Oh, excuse me, it's not really. It's a phrase, but it's not really. It doesn't fall in line with this so much. But 
anybody who claims to be a fantasy football expert <laughs> needs to, to be yeah. punched <laughs> repeatedly, just over and over and over again until they're unconscious. I think that's more egregious <laughs> than bracketology, right? I think I think fantasy football expert is such a bogus term. Right? <laughs> Oh, you know what? I really think that it's going to be important for you to play uh, Peyton Manning this week because he throws a lot of touchdown passes. It's like, well, no, no, like, BS, right? Great. I understand Peyton Manning's the guy I should have a quarterback if he's on my roster. The things that people go and call their fantasy experts about are, well, which uh, third-string wide, rec- wide receiver should I play this week? You know, the guy who's matched up against a really good pass defense or the guy that's matched up against <laughs> a really, like, you know, bad pass defense? Uh, you know, which guy should I play? The one who has Mark Sanchez as his quarterback or the guy who's Peyton Manning as his quarterback? Right. It's, it's, it's not like rocket science. No, right? it is not. It and is not. Fantasy expert Matthew Berry. How this guy has... Listen, if you have... Like, fine. He's got a career. Good for him. I don't want to take money out of his pocket. But, like, how is anybody a fantasy expert... Look, Why? I, I've played fantasy football and sports since probably like '97 on my Yahoo account. My sure. old Yahoo, like you know, Theo Flurry email address <laughs> has things like from my fantasy teams going all the way back. So I have as much fantasy experience as, as anybody else out there, and I'm 25. So I don't know how much <laughs> an expert anybody else can be. To me, it's like you know, fantasy sports are are fun, you know, and I, I dabble in them. I get involved, you know, and when I when I do play them, I don't play them every year. Yeah. Um, but when I do play them, I'm very much into it. You know, I'm not one of those people who drifts through. You know, I try to win. I like to win. I'm competitive yeah. that way. I get it. But you know, to me, it's just like you're just how are you devoting that much time? To something. How are you putting in, you know, to become like a, to call yourself an expert? It's like, it's like the sports version of like extreme couponing to me. It's like, (laughs) you know, I get that you want to save money, but you don't need to have your basement filled with shampoo (laughs) at the same time. And it's like, I understand that you like sports and you want to be good at fantasy sports, probably because you were never good at real sports, which is how you wound up in this place, you know, in the first place. But Stop! It's not that serious. It's it really another, isn't. It's another type of gambling, right? That's what it comes down to. Is people Fine. are betting money on it, and that's why they care so much. It's like, oh my god, should I play Thomas Jones or you know nobody? But then they don't even talk about the money aspect of it yeah. because they can't. Maybe right. that's the annoying part about it yeah. because it's like that's what everybody does. Nobody's yeah. like, ah, I'm playing fantasy football for fun because I like to have to remember to log on to my account, you know, before the one o'clock games when I'm sleeping till noon. Yeah. Like nobody's doing that purely for fun. They're doing it because they're trying to win some friggin' money. And I don't blame them for that. Yeah. But, you know, obviously on a podcast that has no regulations at all, we could say stuff like yeah. that. But the fact that they have to hide it in this, like, shroud of secrecy, it's like the worst kept secret ever. It's like, oh, you know, if your team score, you know, if, uh, I don't know, Peyton Manning puts up 40 points for you this week, it'll go a long way for, you know, towards you winning. And it's like, yeah, yeah towards you winning Money yeah. at the end of the you season. Pay off your credit card debt, your <laughs> bookie, or whoever you owe money to. Are there any other ones that you hate? Um, I, I, I mean, I, I think it always comes back to whatever, like people coming up with ways to like be lazy about a topic. I think anything Skip Bayless says as like, uh, yeah, like a brush off comment, like, oh yeah, he wasn't just he didn't, he really just didn't want it. You know, <laughs> he didn't want it enough, and that's why. It's like, yeah, that was the problem. Yeah. You know, Kevin Durant didn't want to win. Right. 
as much as LeBron did, and that's why they lost two years ago. Like, that's, that's that's a good one. Any, any lazy comparison? That's like, a good one. Do your research. All right, ESPN is paying you way more money than I'm making to do a thing that I would love to do. It'd be a lot of fun. Right. If I'm going to do that, I'm going to look a lot into it. To, like, to delve into the numbers, yeah. right? That we were just talking about. Yeah. Like, polls... Listen, nobody wants to be bored with, like, pure science, like, over yeah. and over again. Nobody wants to hear nothing but, like, you know, runners in scoring position, less than two yeah. hours, blah, 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 blah. That can be very droning and yeah. boring. But you can mix in a little bit of fact every once yeah. in a while. And that's, that's like... It reminds me of uh, one of the press conferences, or some of the press conferences you see with Rex Ryan after a game. They talk to him, and they're like, well, why did you do this on this play, and blah, blah, blah. And you can see, like, the, the wheels turning in his head about right. him describing his defense and realizing, like, the audience really isn't there for that. Right. The media's not going to care, the people aren't going to care and all that. But you could see that his brain knows exactly why he was doing what he was doing and, and calling it that way. And that's the kind of thing I appreciate. I appreciate somebody that knows what they're talking about. And right. This is what it comes down to, you know? That's I want fair. somebody who knows the thing they're trying to describe. And not somebody who's just like, oh, yeah, listen, I'm Michael Kay. Uh, and I'm going to talk about hockey right now for ten minutes. I don't know anything about it. Uh, you know, Lundquist hasn't played well. That's, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a fair point. It's like, that's, don't that's, talk out of your ass. You know, no, that's what it comes down to. Listen, no, I, I, I agree totally. That's that's My honorable mention would be anything that is followed by the word gate. <laughs> like, it's getting push to the gate. point. Yeah, push gate, spy gate. I'm getting to the point where I don't even like Antonio Gates. <laughs> I definitely Clyde like Gates, Gates. especially. <laughs> he just made it worse. He made I that whole thing where they like. Gate if it wasn't for Clyde Gates. <laughs> Uh, but I, I guess, I guess that's, but yeah. I digest. <laughs> Ducky, you got anything for us? Really, you're about to fall asleep or cry or... Uh, I think the one I would... You have to be uh, over here. You're, gonna, you're not going to come through. Never. Drop your phone. It's I fine. think the one I would pick would be making a football move, <laughs> which is usually used when a wide receiver will catch the ball and then they'll see if he had an incomplete pass yeah. or a fumble. What is a football move? I'm That's true. Sure snapping the ball is a football move. <laughs> back is a football move. <laughs> Putting your arm up to throw the football is a football move. Can't they come up with the term better than football move? Like, yeah. He took a wide receiver step. I mean, it sounds, yeah. it sounds childish, but he took a step. That's, he made a, a motion. That's you know? true. I guess even dropping the ball is a football move, right? Right, exactly. Football players well, do it. That's the other thing. Like, you know, They've tried to eliminate that from the vernacular a little bit, and they've, they've gone with that act common to the game. Yeah. And it's like, well... They're still just playing football. <laughs> Everything, like, unless, you know, Tom Brady drops back, then puts the football on the ground, drops his pants, and drinks a cup of tea. Like, that would be an act uncommon to the game, because we've never seen that before. And therefore, it's not a fumble, Everything he did that. <laughs> exactly. Everything else is an act common to the game, right? Yeah. By definition, it has to be, but that's a good one. Yeah. That is a, that is a good one. A football move. Uh, you know what? To that, that reminds me of another one. Carrying the ball like a loaf of bread. <laughs> no one carries the ball. I have listen. I've grown up in Brooklyn. I'm Italian. I've carried a lot of loaves of bread in my day, where it was just a, like not a whole bag of groceries. Yeah. Just one loaf of bread. Go to the store and come back with this loaf of bread, and never like. You know, while I'm walking around the block back to my house from the bakery, am I holding the bread, like, 
out as far from my body as humanly possible while running down the street, dodging cars and other people. That's not how you carry a loaf of bread. I would carry the loaf of bread like the way you're supposed to carry a football. Yeah, right? Isn't that the first Close to the body. Yeah. yeah. So... That's another one. There are a lot of stupid things in sports, yeah, but we well, talk about them anyway. You can't predict baseball, Susan. All right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This has gone off. Yep. Off the rails. Um, <laughs> any fact-checking at us with your iPad there? You just... Uh, oh, just I, no, no, I got some things. All right. Um, stand close to the mic and speak. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, let us have it. When you brought up the Brandon Marshall thing, I wanted to look it up and see exactly what had happened, and it was for the mental awareness thing. Yeah. He was fined $10,500. And he tweeted, which is basically a big F you to Roger Goodell. He's like, football is my platform, not my purpose. This fine is nothing compared to the conversation started and the aware- awareness raised. Oh, he that's good so- He yeah. sold the shoes off for $3,000 to a- his foundation. Nice. And, you know, it does not It does make sense because, you know, when you're a wide receiver and you're a good wide receiver like Brandon Marshall, $10,000 is, here you go, out of my pocket. Yeah. Yeah, especially if it's for a greater cause. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Tell credit to Brandon Marshall, by the way. I think that's a great story. You absolutely. Know, like, he, he was always known as a problem child, you know, his whole career, and mm-hmm. he actually got diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which is a really, really serious yeah. thing. and like you said before, in light of everything that's happened in the last few years, yeah. like, my God, like, yeah. that should be something that everybody's like, yeah, good job. Yeah. So, Tony to credit to him, he, he's been very outspoken about it in general, and to try and raise awareness, really, really good. And the reason was uh, that, I think that day or that week was um, Mental Awareness Week, Mental Health Awareness Week. And that's why he wasn't trying to, like, you know, use Infringe on anything, yeah. Yeah, it was like, hey, this is this week. We need to talk about it. So. Ah, what a bad job by the NFL. What else? Um, While discussing Tom Brady earlier, I went and looked into the stats. Geno Smith has a higher completion percentage. He has more yards, and they're the same. uh, They're equal in touchdowns. And when you look back in past Tom Brady seasons, you'll always see him in the top tier of the stats, where he'll be next to guys like Peyton Manning and Drew Brees. Every single stat sheet you look on, he's like 15, 16 below uh, Geno Smith and people like Andy Dalton. We're coming! Woo! Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, from his career averages, he's 20% lower in uh, passer rating. He's 30% lower in QB rating, which we discussed earlier as a bogus stat. Well, and, uh, yeah. and 10% lower in completion percentage. Which is a huge one. Which yeah. is the one that makes the, you know, the biggest difference. So, yes, Tom Brady is taking some steps backwards. Obviously, it might be about the whole wide receiver thing. He doesn't have Amendola. He just got Gronkowski back. And I don't want to sound like I'm a Jet bias here, but, you know, Gronkowski... You're all wearing a Jet sweatshirt, as we speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> and you know, a green shirt underneath, so... You know, maybe, you know, Brady didn't have a great week because he played the Jets defense, which is, you know, better. That's I mean, the fair. secondary might not be great, but Gronkowski wasn't really a yeah. huge deal. He didn't... Yeah. He didn't Changed yeah. the game completely. Yeah, I mean, I think he went for over 90 yards, but um, yeah. well, but Allen played him really well, yeah. too. So. They said he set his career high in receptions, right? but he was also targeted 17 times, and I think there were nine incompletions. Right, so. including the pick six yeah. was thrown to Gronkowski. Yeah. So. so, yeah. Anything um, else? Any, uh, looking forward to Cincinnati. They're not a slouch. I mean, we were talking about it before. Uh, they have a good pass offense. They're up there in the top ten. They have a top 15 defense, and they beat the Packers and the Patriots this season. And they were the first team to hold Brady without a touchdown. Yeah. So it's right, really in like 150 years. So yeah. 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 Uh, it's basically going to depend on how Gino plays and if the Jets secondary can stop A.J. Green. Both those games that they won, the Packers and Patriots, were in Cincinnati as well. It's a tough place to go win. Yep. Uh, 
when we were talking about the Yankees and you were talking about the World Series record for most wins, the Yankees yeah. won the last four games of 96. Yeah. They swept in 98, they swept in 99, and then they won the first two games of the 2000 World Series. So even if the Red Sox do sweep, they still have some you know games Got to catch up with. On them. Okay. And with that, I also don't want the Red Sox to win. I mean, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> for the one reason, uh, well, no one will agree with agree with me on this, but uh, I supported A Rod through his steroid use. I mean, I know he did it, and I love that he was giving a big middle finger to the MLB playing. <laughs> and to see Ryan Dempster win a World Series for his bush league hitting of Alex Rodriguez, oh, that, that's that game, true. To man. see him win a World Series would really, you know, get I, to me. I forgot about Ryan Dempster. I mean, most yeah. people have. Like, not his yeah. wife or his kids, I'm sure. But, like, <laughs> I've forgotten about Ryan Depp. Like, ever since they got PV, it was like, ah, uh, who? Yeah. And, you know, I heard he couldn't even get into the clubhouse. They were like, yeah. uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> You're not on the list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that list That list was the postseason roster. <laughs> I would put moment of the season was A-Rod hitting the home run off of him later in that game. You know what? I was actually pretty happy to see that happen, too. And I'm not a Yankee fan or an A-Rod apologist at all. But yeah. that was a Bush League hit. Because it's like, you know what? The MLB is going to do their job. It was like his own weird version of like vigilante justice. Besides, getting hit by a Ryan Dempster fastball is like getting hit yeah. by a mosquito, I yeah. guess. So. I, I I really enjoyed the home run. I think um, what was it Jose Fernandez uh, whole debacle with uh, Brian McCann and his home yeah. run and he, like that was even cooler because he's not supposed to hit a home run. He's a pitcher, right? And he did, and he like totally swag walked the whole thing. Listen, hey, he should. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that was a lot of fun too. So. <laughs> Anything else before we wrap up? That's about it. You That's guys it. didn't really put your heart into some stats. You really. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what it is. We mailed it in. We, we had a lot of intangibles. <laughs> we didn't want to go and confuse our listeners with all these specific science numbers. No, we relied purely on bracketology. Yeah, and our fantasy done. football yeah. expertise. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like since I've showed up, you guys have not put your heart into your stats. You're like, instead of saying like, "Yeah, he did this in this year," you're like, "I think he did this." Well, Might have. Been. Well, it's your Might job to done. check. Yeah, it's it's adding a qualifier. It's just a it's a it's a point of good journalism. You don't yeah. want to say it unless it's absolutely true. You know, because yeah. then you're wrong, and then nobody's going to listen to you. That's true. Is it thirty episodes too late then? <laughs> <laughs> well, my friends, I think that is how you do a podcast. So, yeah. uh, as always, uh, thanks for joining us. And I'm John. I'm Tom. We'll see you next time. Yeah, and there's Ducky. Ducky. Good night, everybody. New York 20 is brought to you by Death Threats Against Professional Athletes, a foolproof way to make sure your idea as a fan get taken seriously.